This is the DTV Digest, the podcast that brings you news and reviews of films which didn't make it to the cinema. And now, here's your host, Mike Parkin. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the DTV Digest. I'm your host, Mike Parkin, and joining me tonight are Richard Hawes. Hello, everyone. And Stephen Lockeridge. Hello. I am not going to even try to describe tonight's films, guys. I'm just going to tell you the titles and then we're going to jump straight in. We're going to kick off with a film called The Last Thing Mary Saw. Then we have The Wolves of War, followed by Shapeless and ending up with Strawberry Mansion. Our short shot this week is a film called Red and our DTV throwback is Butterfly Kisses. Tune in to find out what the hell all of these films are about. So without further ado, let's crack on. Our first film then is The Last Thing Mary Saw. In a very religious community in 1846, a young woman is being tried by the local sheriff following the death of her grandmother and the the matriarch of the local most powerful family. Um, Okay, so this is another film which has been shown on Shudder a Shadow original and is now being put out on DVD by Acorn. Um, I have certain misgivings about this, but overall I did enjoy it. Um, this is a very, very slow burn. Um, it is very tenuously classified as a horror film. Um, it is more a dark Gothic period drama, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, I, I I did dig this. I must admit, I did get into it. Um, Steve, how about you? Um, yeah, I, yeah, I agree with what you said. Really, it's very very slow, um, but kind of in a good way. Uh, and the, yeah, the super the, the horror. <laughs> excuse me, the horror is very very tenuous. Really, I thought. I mean, there's a couple of horrific <coughs> things in the film. Um, but there's only there's a bit of a supernatural twist, but it's only it's very very slight, really, in it. You know, they don't really. Yeah, you're never really even sure what it, you know, if it is supernatural <laughs> or, or what yeah. it is. You know, it's it's crazy. Yeah, and um, it's well shot, well acted. I mean, I'm surprised. I got about ten minutes in, and I realised it was um, Isabel Furman. Uh, mm-hmm. <coughs> I've not really seen this as often, to be fair. Um, All right. I'm not really seeing him much, you know. Uh, but yeah, he's good. I enjoyed it. I mean, the thing that got me was the whole Kieran Culkin bit. I just that didn't really. That just kind of came out of nowhere, really. Um, I didn't even realise who it was. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. But now Rory, you mention yeah. it. Now, in, Rory, Rory, of that, oh yeah. Sorry. Oh sorry. Right, yeah. right, sorry. Even so, yeah, I'm thinking, shit, yeah, of course it is. Oh. Hmm. But, um, Sorry, yeah, how many drinks do I get rid of that yeah. circle? Well, <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's, I enjoyed it. It was good. It was, wasn't really what I expected. There's a bit more histrionics than I thought there would be. Um, mm. And the ending's <clears throat> a bit of a downer, I'll be honest. But, yeah, apart from that, uh, yeah, it's um, so. So the film centres on um, 
the after well it's, it's an interrogation of the aftermath of something that happened and the, the, yeah. the catalyst is that mary who's the sort of young daughter in this in this family um is having a flirtation shall we say with the maid um mm. who is as you say um by isabel Furman. um and even you know, it is it is sort of like a very very Victorian era kind of romance. Oh, yeah. oh you, you showed me your ankle. Oh, you know, yeah. it's it's kind of that <laughs> sort of thing. But you know, within this sort of very sort of stigmatic um, religious family, you know, it's it's a huge scandal. Um, so so they try and you know discipline the pair um, again and again. Um, which, which sort of causes a bit of a backlash, shall we say? Um, so, so yeah, there are some interesting themes going on in here, uh, for sure. But I still don't, uh, I, you know, I can't really call it a horror film. Um, mm. Richard, what, what did you make of this one? It reminded me a lot of uh, one of the shorts that featured in uh, the Red Book Ritual that we covered mm-hmm. uh, recently. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the sermon seemed to touch on a lot of the same sort of themes. Uh, but was obviously uh, <clears throat> a lot longer. I mean, this is only, it's its not a long film by any stretch. It's, it's less than 90 minutes, just under 90 minutes. Mm. But yeah, you're right. It is kind of a very slow, sort of more drawn out kind of uh, story. Uh, so yeah, I think for that reason, I wasn't as uh, engaged by it as perhaps, you know, because like I felt <laughs> the, the sermon sort of covered it all quite, concisely i mean all a lot of the i mean the horror sort of the horror elements the uh, uh the uh the gay lesbian elements in in there uh and you know the religious community all of that stuff is in that short film and this is a completely different production not not related to that film at all but just sort of co- seems to just do a lot of the same things over a longer stretch of time it's a it's a handsome looking film that low budget um nice cinematography lots of warm sort of candlelight kind of visuals mm. um the yeah. uh, the cast is fine like you say uh isabel Furman. Uh, she's so this one came out last year this year she's back with uh, the orphan sequel uh, orphan first kill so she's sort of a bit more uh a bit more prominent in a couple of things, well, at least in that uh, this year, which ha- that did have a, a, a cinema release, um, but the others are good. There, there's this whole thing about this uh, this family that they've, they've taken like this vow of silence, or, or, or something to do, or something like that. Because that's, that's, always... that's during yes. the morning period, yeah. right? Yeah. So that 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 was uh, that was quite interesting. That they sort of play on that. Uh, and you know there's some sort of tense scenes around that but yeah to be honest for the for the most part it's I mean I would I would term it as more of it is quite it's got that sort of sense of dread hanging over the whole thing it's not mm. like the um it, it it doesn't feel like a it doesn't feel like an art house you know uh relationship drama for example mm. it's, it's sort of mm. very much about there's there's sort of something yeah there's sort of supernatural sort of stuff and uh, oppression and and all that sort of stuff at play. Uh, so, uh, Hellbender also came to mind. Uh, yeah, that touched, the, like, the opening that you know touched on this. Yeah, yeah. and the and the and the like the uh, the shot at the end also reminded mm. me of a couple of shots in uh, in uh, in Hellbender as well. It it also reminded me of The Witch in that it, mm. it it's almost like it's mm. a self 
it's one of these sort of self-professing prophecies kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It's like you th- you thought I was this, so it's driven me that to become be, yeah. this kind of thing. You know, um, there's certainly a touch of that. I've not seen The Witch, but I I think this does sort of fit into that kind of folk horror-ish, you know, witchcraft kind of... Yeah, yeah, there's definitely that sort of paganistic element to it. Pagan, yeah, yeah. All that sort of stuff. Mm. But yeah, it's it's an interesting film. Don't go into this thinking it's going to be, you know, a full-on horror or anything like that, because it it isn't. It's, you know, it's a gothic drama. Yeah, atmospheric. Uh, It is Mm. atmospheric, and and there is this, you know, uh, lesbian... Uh, sort of like tentative romance element to it, you know, this pr- repressed romance kind of thing going on. Um, they so, don't yeah. over-explain everything, so there's stuff that's mm. you know that's uh, you can mm. that's you know intrigue you and you know sort of lead you to draw your own conclusions about what might be going on in certain situations and stuff. It doesn't spoon feed you. No, not at all. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and the visuals, you, you know, it. It's 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 a lot of it's sort of shrouded in fog. It's it's all by candlelight, that sort of thing, you know, natural sort of lighting. Um, it, it you know it looks very good. Um, I think you know that that sort of the shadows sort of do hide or or, or help the sort of production values, you know, the settings and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's um, a very well made film. Um, yeah, just not scary or anything like that at all. Uh, how are you going to score it? Uh, so Steve. I would give it a seven. Mm-hmm. And Rich? I will give it a six. I am going to join Steve on a seven for this. It is, yeah, it, it's a good, solid film. Definitely worth checking out. Just, um, you know, just check your expectations about what you get into. Two sevens and a six for The Last Thing Mary Saw. Go check it out. It's on Shudder and also being released on DVD. Our next film is The Wolves of War. In 1945, a small team of commandos are sent undercover to rescue a renowned scientist or kill him before he falls into enemy hands. Um, just the other week, we were reviewing a film called Burial, which, um, which I really enjoyed. It was a, you know, had a sort of pulpy storyline and plenty of action. Um, you know, plenty of drama amongst both facets, you know, but both sides of the coin, as it were, the, the Germans and the Russians in that particular film. It was really good. Um, now, now you've got a, it is basically a boy's own adventure or one of those sort of commando comics from the sort of 70s come to life with, you know, it hasn't got a huge budget, but I think they do a pretty decent job of, of stitching this together. Um, Steve, what do you make of The Wolves of War? I really enjoyed this, to be fair. Um, really, really surprised. I'm, you know, I'm expecting you know, another, another World War II revenge film or whatever. Um, but I thought most of the acting was pretty solid. Uh, I was really, really impressed by Matt Willis um, from the band The Busted. I didn't really know he'd done much acting, but he has done quite a bit looking at it. And some of it's a little bit ropey, like the sound effects for the guns and stuff about the sound. Yes, that, that was that was that. the, the that was the worst part for me was the sound effects. Yeah, 
as I, as I've picked up on numerous films in the past, is mm. you know if you want to make your film sound you know feel a bit more, you know if you want to up the production values, you know put a bit of money towards your sound effects. Yeah, and there's a couple other things. I mean, the, the one thing I did spot is when you're going to like a bunker near the end. Oh. Yeah. And above the door, there's a fire exit sign. <laughs> for, you know, from now, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. And I'm just point. like, yeah, that's what, mm. you know. But all in all, I kind of can forgive it then things because it, yeah. it was enjoyable, you know. And it seemed a bit more, a bit more urgent than burial, if you know what I mean. Because that was mm-hmm. a bit. Stop and I mean, this is still a bit stop and start, you know. We'll, we'll go to this, we'll go to this place. But I just think that this had a bit more urgency from it. And I was a bit disappointed that Rupert Graves wasn't in it more. Mm. I do like him, I thought he's you know, I loved him from Sherlock and stuff like that. And but that, that is what it is, but yeah, enjoyable, really. Yeah, really enjoyable. I, th- I thought this was very solid. Um, Rich, how about you? Yeah, you're exactly right. It is kind of that boy's own adventure sort of mm. uh, war tale that we've we've seen. We've seen uh, some of the uh, low budget uh, American films that have sort of done the same thing. I think there was one on. I think it was like D, it was D Day or something that there was a, uh, a production. I can't remember. It's similar to this kind of thing. And also, yeah, you know, there was the uh, hmm. Tom Berenger one, wasn't it? The, the Battle of the Bulge as well that he did. That one as well. Yeah, yeah. there's also. I mean, this was. This is uh, Giles Alderson, who yeah, we, who we know from uh, Stranger in a Bed and um, yeah. and, and the Dare yeah. in the past. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So him sort of doing another genre kind of film, you know, to, to stretching himself a bit, which is quite interesting. You know, it's good and. I think yeah, he is a he's a safe pair of hands. He seems for any kind of uh, genre film, really. And uh, but he's also got a, he's working from a screenplay by Ben Mole, who himself is very well versed in in these movies. He, I mean, he's written as well as directed quite a few yeah. of them. Uh, Code of Silence, which we really like the the craze film at the start of the year. Well, that was yeah, the, that was that's kind of a different kind of movie for him, the, sort of the Code of Silence one. But I'm thinking more of the stuff like. Uh, Behind the Line, Escape mm-hmm. to Dunkirk, We Going at Dawn. Uh, he's 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 uh, and he's also worked on documentaries and stuff. He's he's very into he he sort of knows the sort of history and you know he he seems to be the that he sort of set a template and then Giles has sort of taken the reins on this particular one. Uh, but it could have easily been uh, directed by Ben Mole himself. Mm. But I think uh, Giles sort of brings a little bit more uh, flair to it. I think. Uh, speaking personally, the uh, also you've got that yeah you've got Rupert Graves in there who I, I agree I was expecting to see a little bit more. The problem is the plot is so formulaic. It's the whole we've got to find the scientist who knows something that's going to turn the tide of the war. That's <laughs> like how many times have we seen that one? But um, yeah, you just go along for the ride and you enjoy the sort of interplay with you know Ed Westwick and, and stuff playing those characters. Um, it's kind of exactly what it's selling itself to be. It's not. It's not sort of trying to be anything more than that. It's just. It's a perfect sort of watch it with your dad kind of Sunday afternoon, you know, war movie basically. Hmm. Hmm. But it's 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 those little touches though that that help this. It's like, um, you know, the, these extra shots that a lot of people wouldn't use. 
like when they, they turn up at this uh, woman's house as like the, the, the wife of like one of their contacts and the camera sort of shows us behind the door where she's holding like a machete mm-hmm. yeah. you know because yeah. she's talking to them calmly but at the same time she's like ready and you know a, a lot of filmmakers probably wouldn't bother putting that in but it it, it, um, it ups the tension for the scene which is which is really really cool mm. i'd say the main other bad thing as well is the main Nazi guy, mm-hmm. um, Max Thiemac. Mm-hmm. He was terrible. He was absolutely awful. I mean, I know he's probably in tall play over the top Nazi, but there's over the top and then there's just ridiculous. And that, he was the worst one in it, I'll be honest. Well, the thing is, this is quite close in a lot of ways to um, Hell Hath No Fury. Mm-hmm. And you know you've got da- Dan- Daniel Bernhardt playing a pretty good, you know, pretty sort of top tier kind of, you know, DTV Nazi yeah. in that. Yeah. Uh, and that's yeah. The, I think yes, I agree that the, that the performance here is not 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 quite as good as uh, other aspects of the film. Yeah. Yeah, I thought he started off quite well actually. You know, when they first meet him and he's executing those mm. villagers. Yeah, it's when the you know, when they're tr- trying to attack him and stuff, he just mm. he went too far for me. He just went too overboard. Um, with him. I think <laughs> Operation Dunkirk was the film I was trying to, the one I was trying oh, right. to release the American, the American one. I think it was like an asylum oh, yeah. production or something. But actually, yeah, there's, there's a couple of asylum ones I remember had this sort of, sort of plot, you know, where, where they're having to go find the scientist. Mm. Yeah, awesome name. Um, cool. Scores on the doors for this one, Steve. I'll give it an eight. Nice. Um, Rich? I'm going to go a seven on this one. I'm going to join you on a seven. Yep. Um, This is very enjoyable. It's, you know, the thing is, um, Second World War movies, like the Western, you know, they have Mm -hmm. been guilty of being done on the cheap. Like, Mm -hmm. the really cheap. Yeah. And, and and this one, I must admit, there was a point where I'm thinking, oh, my God, they don't even have the money for the uniforms. You know, they're literally just using these armbands now to sort of say who's the good guys and who's the bad guys. But, you know, th- they, they are able to do a, the script is able to sort of pick that up and explain where we are with, with, with that sort of thing. Um, but this is, you know, it, it's it's not mega low budget. It's still, you know, it's an independent production. Um, but it makes the most of what it's got. It make, it's got some good locations, you know. It, it's got some decent action. It's got a very good um, couple of explosions at the end as well. You know, it's got a bit of oomph yeah. to it. You know, the only thing really letting it down are those sound effects. If, if they sort of figured out how to do that sound design, it would have really, really helped this film. But as it is, it is a very entertaining war film for sure. So that is two sevens and an eight for the Wolves of War. Go check it out. And yeah, I think also before I sign off on this one, uh, Giles Alderson Rich, um, definitely um, a director we're going to keep an eye on. Um, very interested to find out what he's up to next. Yeah, yeah, I'm always interested to see what, what mm. he's doing. And if, if, he's, uh, if anyone's interested to find out more about his filmmaking and his discussions with other filmmakers he's got his own podcast uh, i think it's called the filmmakers podcast so that's uh, that's worth looking up 
awesome. Our next review is Shapeless. A young woman battles with a disquieting eating disorder, which may or may not turn her into a monster. Uh, Steve, I think we found the horror equivalent of Personal Shopper. Uh, no, I believe that was Neon Demon. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Stuff happened in Neon Demon. This is yeah. this is this is yeah. like eighty minutes of following a woman around, going going to going to some rather cool soul concerts, I must admit, um, or jazz and blues concerts, um, and eating and going to work, and that is basically the film. Yeah. Did you get anything else out of it? No, I'm sorry. You've got jazz, which I can't stand. Slight body horror, which I'm not a fan of. And then working in, in, in the laundrette, hmm. basically. And that's it. And, 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 the, and the craving for chocolate or whatever. Yeah, or cereal or... Yeah, something yeah. sweet. I think I think it's almost like diabetes or you know something. Yeah, it was it, just... it is a weird allegory. Is what is what it is. But I think it is too too subtle for its own good as as to what it wants to convey. Yeah, or, or you know maybe we're just the wrong gender for this one. I mean, I, I don't want to sound you know well off key, but. You know, uh, you know, there might be some sort of insight we're, we're just totally missing here as, you know, well, overweight males. <laughs> yeah, obviously. I mean, looking into it, I mean, you know, the star and I think she wrote it as well, Kelly mm -hmm. Murtar. Yeah. It is based on, you know, her own experience of going through an eating disorder when she was younger and stuff like that. And mm. fine, I get that, you know, put that on screen and you know, put it out there, help other people do whatever you want to do with it. But it's the it's the monster type thing that doesn't mm. doesn't really make sense. I don't know. I mean I, I guess it's sort of her if, sort if of, she went yeah if she kind of did go full blown monster or something, then mm. fine. Even if it's in her own head, then fine. But I don't. Basically, she just gets loads of dicks on her back. Mm. Is what it looks like, and it just doesn't do anything for me. You know, it doesn't. It's not. It doesn't go scary. anywhere. Scary. No. It's, it's just a little bit weird, and that's mm. that's it. You know, it. it... There, there's a moment when she's, you know, she's about to come into her house. It's, you know, it's all. You know, it's dark and sort of lit by an mm. overhead light. And I think one of her legs has turned into this sort of monstrous leg, like a, like an insect sort of thing. And yeah. it is, it is yeah. a good effect, you know. It, it you know, because I was actually rewinding the, the you know the, the the film and sort of going, what what am I looking at? Mm. You know, it, it is good, and it, you know, there, there are, it is very subtle in what it sort of shows you. Um, yeah, it's too subtle. I mean, yeah, I think you're right. You know. And it doesn't, just needs to push things a bit, it doesn't and it doesn't affect. Well. It doesn't really affect anyone else, you know. She, she's not a danger no. to anyone else or anything like that. 
you know no. so it, it's it, everything is sort of internalized to her and because she doesn't have anyone to bounce, bounce off, off. Yeah, she's exactly. got the band she's got the she's band, got the band but, yeah. but that's only a couple of scenes you know and it, mm. even then they don't know about affect, her situation no and it, it just affects her in one scene where she turns yeah. up at that party late mm. and you know, can't really sing because she's damaged her vocal cords from the acid reflux. And it's, mm. and again, it just, just lets the other girl come in and join the band and she's not there anymore. And that's, that's kind of it. Mm. It just doesn't grab you or do anything. You know, it, it really was just on a, on a, it just plateaus and there's nothing yeah. there. You know, I I can't argue with the the filmatism on show. Mm. The film starts in you know the, the opening with with the the band and everything, um, all, all all the you know the actual sort of camera work and the cinematography is really excellent. You know mm. the actual sort of you know the actual filmatism involved is really good. It's just the plot, which you know it's just. Um, it's just contemplating its own navel, basically for the, for the whole yeah. running time, and yeah. you know it fails to look up <laughs> to see what what's going on around it at all. Um, mm. And on that level, it, it, you know, it fails to engage. Unfortunately. Yeah. Um, okay, so how are we going to score this one? I would give it a six. Yeah, I, I agree. It's it's a well, it's, it's a good looking film. And it, you know, mm. I, I I totally concede. Perhaps we're just the wrong audience for this. Yeah. You know, yeah, but, but you know, and and you know, I hope, I hope people out there do enjoy it. But for us, you know, this 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 doesn't work, especially as a horror film. You know, even as a body horror, I think there was one mm. good effect on with where there's a sort of gash on a leg, which sort of opens up. Um, yeah, yeah, that looked pretty cool in a sort of alien kind of way. Um, but really, there's there's just not enough horror there to to either sympathise with the character or you know it's fear for anyone else. Mm. So there you go. That's two sixes for Shapeless. Go check it out. Let us know what you think. Our final main review is Strawberry Mansion. In a strange alternate reality, it becomes mandatory for your dreams to be recorded and the elements of those dreams are eligible to be taxed by the government. A tax collector called Preble is sent to an old woman's home to undertake an audit and finds himself immersed in her memories and dreams. Um, okay, so watching this one, Steve, and yeah. you know, listening to that synopsis, um, did you glean any of that from the film when you when you were watching it, or did you just did you, did you just stare at the screen and go like I did? What the fuck am I watching? Yes, I mean, it's it's obviously it's like an attack against capitalism, you know, mm. um, with the government sending ads into people's dreams and then taxing them. You know, because in his his dream, he's like he's stuck in this house with his mate, and his mate turns up with a box of chicken, with a bucket of chicken, yeah. bucket of chicken, <laughs> yeah, and this drink where he goes in the morning, 
and gets the chicken before he goes to the audit. And, you know, she's then pulls this thing out where she, it blocks the adverts and her son mm-hmm. turns up halfway through and he's the CEO of the company who makes the adverts. So he's the evil bastard or not. And then it just, well, all the way through, it just goes anywhere it wants to go, basically. It's like, now I'm a big, big fan of the Mighty Boosh, yeah? Mm-hmm. And it's like an hour and a half episode of that where they took even more acid and just piled acid on top of acid <laughs> on top of acid. Because uh, and a bit of coke on I, top, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, at one point what he ends up on a ship. Yep. Run by mice. Two, yep. Yeah. With a monster coming after him who's after the old woman who's in a younger form. And then they end up on an, on an island for about four years. Yeah, am I right? Yep, something along, along those lines, yeah. Yeah, and it's just like, what? Mm-hmm. It just goes from the one mad thing. So, I mean, fair enough, I get it's dealing with dreams and stuff like that and blah, 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 but it's, it's all over the place. And there's no connecting tissue from one bit to the next. Oh, yeah, it was frustrating. It really was. I, I, I must admit, I was frustrated to begin with, um, probably for the first 20, 25 minutes, mm. and, until it started falling into place, what was going on. Um, and, 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 you know, the, I, was, I was reminded a little bit of uh, Brazil watching this, and, um, mm. you know, and, and just like the flights of fancy of someone like Michelle Gondry who does uh, you know his films are all yeah very strange um you know it, it is a very surreal film I probably haven't seen a more surreal film for a mm. long time uh, uh, you know and it is it, you know if, if you're not in the mood this could really great it really could I think you know you go because you just become what, oh. the fuck, what the fuck is going on but um you know I, I did get it I, I I did see the, you know, that sort of burgeoning love story with the, the younger version of the of the woman, um, Eleanor, I think it is, um, you know, in the in the dreams, and mm. that sort of blurring of, you know, reality and fantasy and that sort of thing. It it was it was interesting overall, and and the um, you know the, the arrival of the the son and his family. Um, sort of throwing a spanner in the works. I thought that that was quite interesting. Although I didn't, I must have missed that bit where it turns out he's the CEO of the company with the, you know, mm. the ad, the adverts. Because I, yeah. I was thinking, why is he doing what he's doing? It didn't make sense. Um, except he's just an asshole. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I overall, I I kind of dug this. I must admit. See, it's what I didn't like it but i didn't hate it mm. you know and uh, i don't know it's, it's just... one of the most ambitious films we've seen from mm. that's but for sure also what it's like shot on a it's very it's like an 80s grain if you know what i mean mm. when you're watching it it's like you watch it on a vhs or something like that it's very yeah, I, that, 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 that could, that could be on or... I think that could be. Oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah, yeah. yeah I get they've gone with that aesthetic because yeah. you know the, he's watching. You know, he's watching these old VHS tapes. You know, with the, for the memories, he really yeah. does, yeah. he does tell her at some point that I was, 
you know, it should have been mandatory to change to this other format, mm. you know, ages ago or something, which has got all these bloody videotapes lying around. It's um, two, two, 2000 or something like that. Yeah, that's a, yeah, Jesus. That's a heck of an audit. Yeah. Um, it was stuff to do with a fly, which I absolutely hate. Yeah, I hate flies. <laughs> it's such a <laughs> so, so all that sort of shit, really. Uh, I was just, funny enough, I was just watching um, another film that's been sent to me, and it starts with this guy sitting in this house, and there's just like oh, like a hundred flies just buzzing around on all the furniture and stuff, and I was like, oh, Christ. <laughs> oh, make my skin crawl. Anyway, um, how are you going to score this one, Steve? I'm going to give it a five. Yeah, because I just I just can't make my mind up if I liked it or not, and it's so I'm just going to go straight down the middle. Mm-hmm. I think I'm giving this a seven. It's it, it yeah, not all of it works, but it's it's artistically ambitious uh, for mm. sure. Um, I, I've not come across the directors Kentucky Lordley and Albert Burney before. I don't. Think think i'm just having a quick peek um apparently they did one of the segments on vhs the original um, oh, which one? Yeah. um it just says take 56 not sure what it was but which thing that was um as directors not really come across any of their work before there you go. But yeah, it's it's um, yeah, definitely ambitious. Got artistic leanings. It, it could easily frustrate you watching this. Um, but in the same way that um, you know, someone like Cron- what's that? What's Cronenberg's son called? One of his film. Um, the film's Possessor, isn't it? Possessor, yeah, yeah. Brandon. Yeah, so yeah. so a bit like Possessor, you know. You, you just don't know what's going on for a while. You just got to go with it until the sort of pieces slowly sort of fall into place. Um, and that's kind of how I felt here. But yeah, the when when he starts and he's in that pink kitchen and everything's pink mm. and he's got his mate with his bucket of chicken and he's going, I don't understand. Yeah. <laughs> but there you go. Anyway, so that is a seven and a five for Strawberry Mansion. It is one of the weirdest films we've seen this year for absolute sure. Um, but there's definitely entertainment value there. Go check it out. Our short shot this week is Red. When Daniel, an ex-soldier, makes a dangerous choice to find his daughter a matching organ through unofficial channels, he is double-crossed and awakes in a bath of ice, missing one of his own kidneys. Uh, Wow. Wow, 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 Rich. Um, my only criticism here is that I didn't get to see this two weeks ago. Uh, <laughs> it would have been nice going into uh, Fantastic, sorry, going to the Fighting Films Festival, Fighting Spirit Film Festival, and going up to Bo Fowler and saying how much I loved this movie. Uh, <laughs> uh, so this stars the excellent Bo Fowler. Um, as as Daniel um, soon to be seen fighting Scott Atkins dressed as a clown, dressed as a clown, as, and I mean Bo Fowler dressed as a clown, not Scott Atkins. <laughs> <as a clown. laughs> <Not Scott. laughs> um, yeah, um, so Bo did a film a while ago called uh, Express Delivery, um, which was really really cool. 
and that also starred um i'm gonna kill myself now uh sunny what's his surname which uh, uh, oh i don't know it sorry no worries I know. I did watch the film though. I saw. I, I saw it uh, last year. Oh, Sunny Lewis, I think. Sunny Lewis, yes. Yeah, I saw it last um, year. That was brilliant. Really good. Film. Yeah, Express Delivery is, is is a really good short. Um, I'm pretty sure it's available on YouTube. If it, it is. is it we is. will put we'll put a link to it. Um, yes, yeah, Sunny Lewis is is the co-star of that one. He he turns up at the beginning of this as um, Jackson, the sort of the guy who's in the room with him. Um, he's the one who gets the um, the lid of the um, the toilet smashed over his head. Um, we've also got Cheryl Berniston in this, she, just, um, who we had a wonderful chat with um, at the festival the other week. Um, so that was a nice surprise as well. Uh, Leon Sewer turns up in this. He, he's um, been everywhere. It, it, it's a veritable who's who of stunt people uh, knocking around this. And on top of that, it is just a brilliant film. Um, Steve, what did you make of uh, Red? Yeah, really enjoyed it. I thought the fighting it was great. Um, the intrigue, you know, just starts, he wakes up in the bath. Um, you kind of know what's going on, you know, you've mm. seen it before, the horror stories or whatever, but... It's kind of then, like an then, urban myth, isn't it? You know, the whole waking yeah, up in the bath. Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And, and then, then the fight starts, and you think, what the hell? And then you get, you know, the little bits of flashback and stuff... Uh, and then what's he called? Ian Reddington um, mm. shows up again. I've not seen him for a while. He was in then um, that trilogy. He, he was a while ago, yeah, but he was not. What was that trilogy called? Oh, we, we, I remember ages ago, we did three films from the same guy. One oh. like Angels and Monsters or something. Oh, Saints and Savages. And, uh, yeah, yeah, that yeah, was yeah, it. That he was in one of them, wasn't he? Oh, right. He was in one of them, like the drug dealer. Uh-huh. Oh right, I know what you mean now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah, he was he was the sort of father figure character who was just like a nasty piece of work. So yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you know, nice to see him again because I do I do like his his performances. Um, and it just the only thing is, and I say this probably every week with a short film is it just ends and we don't <laughs> get any. You know, it, is it? <clears throat> You might not. Is it a proof of concept? Apparently so, yeah, from what I've been Good. able to dig up. Because I, I do to want to see... It. I want to see more of it. You know, I want to mm. see... I want to know what happens because it, you know, it gripped me and this is why... I, this is this is why I've never really watched short films before because they do finish and to me, half the time, there's no, no closure. It just ends and you're like, oh, for God's sake. Um, but yeah, was really really enjoying it. I thought because the fights are all um, quite close and yeah, what's the word I'm looking for? Close quarters. They're close yeah. quarters. Yeah, that's yeah. the one. And yeah, I thought they were really impressive and really 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 well done. Especially the scene where he's got like five guys on him. Yeah, yeah. You know, one on each limb and one round his neck. And you know, normally you think, all right, okay, whatever. But you the way make- he gets out of it is actually. He's actually pretty well done, you know, and pretty lifelike and believable, you know. And, and it's just grimy and grimy and, yeah, it's just really enjoyable. Really, really enjoyed it, actually. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, Rich, is the, you know, this is a bit of a no-brainer, but how, how did you manage to track this one down? Well, so it was it was because we've been at the Fighting Spirit Film Festival and that that I'd I I wanted to start. I've been obsessively tracking down short films and stuff ever since, and this has been on the top of my list for for well ever since I missed it when it was at Fighting Spirit in 2020. Mm. Uh, and it's it's not been available and what i found now is it seemed it i think the link was there but it was like a hidden link and they've made it public because it's now on their website it's on the key films uh both hours company key films website mm-hmm. and so, so i think it only relatively recently went live and like you say i wish i'd seen it i wish i thought to look it up before we went away i wish I'd, uh, and uh we could have chatted about it and stuff but uh yeah it was it was everything i hoped it would be um, mm. It really brought to my. This was it was made in twenty. I say it was made in twenty twenty. It's uh, it's been doing the festival rounds. It's won loads of awards, including uh, obviously a uh, fine spirit. It won the, I think best British short, and mm. uh, best action. I think. So uh, oh, this this was the year we. Oh, sorry, best we, British. We had to skip. Thought, isn't it? Short. This is the year we skipped because of COVID. Yeah, we missed. Yeah, unfortunately. Oh. Yeah, and it got and it got a choreography award. It got best actor award. Mm. It basically swept the awards that yeah. year. Um, uh, best director for David Newton. Now, David Newton did, um, he's done a feature film called The Takedown, which was originally called Amber, which is worth seeing. It's um, yeah. on VOD. Uh, Sue Cole from the Fighters Spirit Film Festival. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but he also, prior to that, he directed a short called Wrath of God. It's actually, there's a different cut of it under a, under a separate name. They did sort of basically, t- they cut two shorts from the same footage, essentially. But Wrath right. of God. Uh, is well worth seeing. He's done a he's done a couple of other bits and stuff. So yeah, he's he's a good he's a good director. He's a stuntman himself. Uh, he's mm. done uh, a load of stuff. Uh, Bo Fowler. He's made loads of shorts mm-hmm. uh, in the past. You know, he, he's getting better every time. Uh, so he's working with uh, a very good director here. The director, uh, the uh, the DOP, Mark Nutkins, is you know gives the film a fantastic look. It's very sort of sickly looking and grimy yeah, yeah. Uh, i mean this is that mm-hmm. this is kind of uh both Fowler's character he's he looks like a homeless man but he's not when, when he's with his daughter and that he looks absolutely fine but when he's when he wakes up he's like all scraggly and he's wearing these you know ugly wife front sort of pants and stuff mm-hmm. and, and uh the whole thing had a really gritty uh, uh gangs of london feel to it which which yes. is quite interesting because yeah. i think it must it, 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 it must have been in production before or around the same time as that series. Um, I think possibly even made before the series came out. I'm not sure, but it, it, it kind of reminded me of some of the some of the quite intense fight scenes that um, Gareth Edwards and I think it was mm. Gareth. I always forget mm. the guy's name um, put together for that series. Um, and yeah, so I think it's. Yes, it leaves you on a bit of a cliffhanger because it, it's kind of like leading into the next part of the story, which we don't get. But I thought, you know, it, it, it plays really well. And if they, even if they unfortunately don't make it, you know, if they don't manage to make another one, uh, another part or anything, I'm still glad that, that you know, mm-hmm. we've got this because it's a very neatly uh, put together piece. And uh, yeah, it looks great. Action's great. Performance is really good. Nice to see Farrell. The, the acting, the acting mm. is really, really good. I mean, Bo, Bo himself, you know, there's that moment when he has to pull the um, the cover off the the body, mm. yeah. You know, and, and you know his reaction to that is brilliant because mm. you know the 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 emotion going through his his mind at that moment, you know, the shock of what he's actually seeing, but also the the realization of what it means. 
you know, it, uh, being really obtuse here, but you know, when you see it, you'll understand what I mean. Um, yeah. I, I, I just thought it was absolutely superb. Um, you know, J Jennifer Lim, who's the doctor who, you know, um, you know try, trying to plead for her life and then not exactly pleading for her life. You know, I thought she, she was really good. Um, and just sort of the incidentals, like, you know, when um, you hear like snippets of conversation as people are walking from one room to the next and he's overhearing stuff. And it, it, it just feels very real. It doesn't feel staged at all. It feels like you're really in that sort of situation. It is, yeah, it, it just works really, really well on, on just about every level. Mm. Awesome. It also works quite a bit with uh, Ross Boyask. Uh, yep. appeared in Vengeance and uh, his, his, his new film, also with Cheryl Burniston, uh, mm -hmm. Life Force, is going to be in that. And uh, I think he's got, um, what's it? Here? So we've already mentioned, uh, well, sorry, the, the clown thing. He's, it, that's mm -hmm. Accident too. He's going to be appearing in that. But he's also worked with uh, Atkins before. He was in Avengement. So he's, mm -hmm. he, he's both Fowler's, I always think of him as quite a young guy, but he's been around for ages. And, and yeah. you look at him in this, and he's really weathered. <laughs> so, oh, he's actually not that young. Uh, but uh, it, it really works. I mean, all the other film it reminded me of was um, the Daniel Stison one. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yushin, which um, was, again, a sort of homeless mm -hmm. guy, gritty, you know, fight scene kind of kind of thing. A bit, um, bit, you know, rough and rough and ready kind of thing. And, uh, yeah, so uh, yeah, Bo's been around since well, underground. You know, he's underground. He was in that. He was uh, in underground and Bodyguard at New Beginning. And uh, Bodyguard, yeah, both of them were George mm -hmm. Keechung films and stuff. So, I've I've actually not seen a lot of his uh, shorts and stuff, but that you know, I've been uh, obsessively tracking them down and adding which ones I do find to my list to to check out. And he's definitely, uh, you know, got the potential to break out. You know, with a, yeah. with a film like um, yeah, Accident Man. Uh, mm -hmm. Too, uh, you know, could get him a bit more notice, and hopefully, you know, these shorts will sort of gather a pace, and we'll see him do much bigger and better projects. I mean, this is this is really impressive. Absolutely, it really is. Um, this, this is probably going to be in my top ten at the end of the year for shorts. Um, okay, so we don't score them, but we do recommend them. You probably guessed we really, really recommend this one. Mm -hmm. uh, you will find a link to this in the footnotes. Please check it out. Our DTV throwback this week is Butterfly Kisses. An aspiring filmmaker discovers some genuine found footage of a supernatural experiment conducted by two film students, which went horribly wrong and ended in their deaths. He attempts to capitalize on the footage, editing it into a film, but finds it difficult to convince people the footage is real. Um, I think this works on so many levels, Steve. Um, I, I, I really enjoy this, um, you know, this style of sort of fake documentary that you get in horror movies. Mm -hmm. I think, I think, you know, so, so we've got this guy who's, you know, he's hired a documentary film crew to film him putting together this film and trying to convince people it's real. Um, yeah. So, so we have this sort of film within a film <clears throat> element within because film. we, yeah. So, so we got the yeah. um, uh, the student, the, the two students, their footage of um, their attempt to resurrect this character called Peeping Tom. Peeping Tom. Tom. Yeah, yeah. They said the Blinking Man or whatever. Um, 
and the, the way you do that is you have to stare down this this um, railway railroad tunnel for an hour without blinking at midnight or between midnight and 1 a.m and yeah. if you manage to do that then he will appear at the end of the tunnel um and and the pair come up with this genius idea of using their camera as a surrogate well, for yeah i mean that was the thing when it started hmm. and you know it, it to me it, it kind of started like Blair Witch, you know, going around the town speaking to everyone, blah, 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 mm. about the local legend and stuff like that. And I was thinking, well, I'm not being funny. It's a bit of a shit way to get this thing to appear. You know, you mm. can stare down a tunnel for an hour yeah. without blinking. It's never going to happen. So well, I think, I think, I think that's, that's kind of, point. that's, that's kind of the, the urban myth but, thing, isn't it? It's just like, yeah. it, it is, it's, it's not something that everyone's going to be able to do. Exactly, um, but that, but that was the thing. The way they actually did it, mm. and using the cameras like a surrogate eye, mm. I thought it was genius. I thought it was absolutely brilliant how they did that. And then, you know, when he he's trying to piece together this film and all this stuff, and you see the kids trying to do their documentary as well, and the way. They show what's happening, if you know what I mean, because then they mm. start going back through their tapes and then seeing what's happening. You know, when he pops up at the end of the tunnel and everything, they're trying to convince everyone that he's real. Mm. They haven't set that up. And then he's, you know, at the same time, he's trying to convince the people that the tapes that he's found are real. And, yeah, it just worked really, really well. I mean, I'll be honest, I didn't find it scary at mm. all. I did, you know, that was the only thing. It wasn't, you know, supposed to be a horror, but the scares didn't come into it for me. I just not just really. There was only sort, of, it. yeah. So there's like one or two jump scares, I think. But other than that, it was. I, I did like the element as well when um, they started to notice him in the background. You know, when, that's when what I mean. Him. That yeah. that was great. That was like, oh right. Then they're going back and seeing him, you know, getting closer and closer. But it yeah, addressed really it, it addressed um, a lot of the issues I have. I mean, I I really enjoy found footage movies as a whole, anyway. Um, mm. But you know, like, like um, Incantation, we were complaining about the other week, uh, the, the Taiwanese yeah. one, in that you know it was a finished product. You know, it wasn't really a found yeah. footage. It's somebody's taken the time to put this together and present it. And, yeah. you know, the documentary film guys actually turn right into him and sort of say, why are you doing it this way? You know, why not just mm -hmm. sort of put out the footage? You know, it, it addresses that very issue, you know, yeah. um, as well, which, which I quite like. The, the other thing I liked as well is, you know, the, the main filmmaker, or you know, the, who is basically the, you know, the, the centre of the film, is a bit of an asshole. Oh, he's, <laughs> he's an absolute he's, dick. He's a total dick. He's he's incredibly opinionated and self-centered. The way he talks to the um, um, you know, the ghost the hunting guy, the, yeah. well, the folklore guy, and and the ghost hunting panel, when he's sort of yeah. going, well, if 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 I could get people to believe in this, I wouldn't need to turn to you guys. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> all this yeah. sort of stuff. But um, it, you know, and and what he does to his family, for God's sake, you know, oh, yeah. God, all that. Um. So yeah, you know, he, he's not the most likable guy, but at the same time, um, you know, there's an element where you get to get to a certain point in the film 
where you really don't know if you've been hoodwinked by what you're mm. watching because you know a lot of people are saying it's fake you know there's a bit where um uh, the, the cameraman is like doing all these different takes and the um oh what's he called again the character what which one the monster uh peeping tom peeping tom yeah he's yeah. he's in a football field and he's doing all these different takes and the peeping tom's getting closer and closer and closer um, yeah. And and somebody points out, yeah, well, it's easily fake because he's standing in front of the camera each time, mm. you know, and all this sort of stuff. It's like it was very convenient, but it, it's just really interesting the way they they sort of, they they both build it up and debunk it at the same time. So you're kind of going, you know, by the time the main filmmaker sort of disappears, you're like going, this could easily be faked, not yeah. only by him but also by the original film students because it turns out they've got history of like bending the rules of uh, documentary filmmaking themselves. And, you know, they, they've not sort of played it with a straight bat in the past and could be doing the same also, again. Also, as well, another genius bit is getting Eduardo Sanchez, the director yeah. Yeah. of Blair Witch, Witch. as well. Yeah. That was yeah. fucking amazing. I'm like, yeah. whoa, no way of money have they done that. Yeah. That was great. That was really cool because, you know, so, so he got a real-world director sort of debunking this guy's attempt at making a a supposedly real supernatural film or you know yeah. that, that's the perception we, we've got and he you know and he, he's quite upfront he's saying yeah we, we, we played the game up until the film came out but then obviously yeah. you, we can't play that game anymore no of course it's fake you know so so he's you know, calls them out on that. Yeah. But but yeah, I, I, I just thought it's brilliant. I, I love the way it builds up to the end. Um, mm -hmm. it, it's still inconclusive. You know, there, there is this sort of inclusive element to it at the end because you're like going, okay. Um, you know, it, it as the the documentary guys say, it's like we, we just don't have an ending. It just carries on, basically. Yeah. Yeah. We just to say cut here, and that'll do. But yeah, um, Actually, you're right. There's not much actual scares in here. There's a lot of atmosphere, for sure. You know, there's a lot of unease. Well, that's um, something. It's not scary, but it's just intriguing, and it just works really, really well. Yeah, there's um, definitely all these different levels to to to, to the story, and, and you know, as you say, it's a film within a film within a film kind kind of thing, and they, they balance it really well. Yeah, I'm just looking out. But apparently, a bit of a shame. Me actually, the director actually. Passed away last year, around mm -hmm. this time, about a year ago. Only 45, that's a shame. That's a shame. I would like to see a bit more what he's done. Mm. There's a couple, but not much. One called Roulette and one called Eight Ball Clown 2. <laughs> okay. That's a bit of a shame. Yeah. But yeah. Anyway, we don't score the, uh, the throwbacks, but we certainly recommend them. Um, this can be found on uh, Plex at the moment, or you can uh, rent or buy it from um, Amazon and other places, I'm sure. Um, and we definitely recommend you check it out. And that is the end of this week's episode. So uh, thank you for listening. Thanks to Rich and Steve for joining me and uh, talking about these very strange films tonight. Um, yeah, Shapeless and Strawberry Mansion. Very, very strange, both of them. <laughs> Um, 
But yes, uh, please do check out the short shots and the throwback and tune in again next time. Thank you for listening to the DTV Digest. Let us know your thoughts in the comments and tune in again next time.